Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're doggone crazy for beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading our Patreon-selected book of the month, Cujo by Stephen King. Is that how it's pronounced? I thought it was Cujo. Cujo. (laughs) (laughs) God damn you. And uh, you know what? I'm starting with beer. Fuck you guys. So uh, this book... 8% 8% of this book is about a dog <laughs> named Cujo. The part people actually know is a decidedly small part because of the book. Because it's the title. Everything else is a different book. But <laughs> 8% is about a dog named Cujo who gets rabies. And it's like he goes into some sort of frenzy. So, Is that frenzy? This is a beer called Frenzy from Root Plus Branch. Which is a double IPA that is brewed and dried with Citra, Motuka, and Nelson. Ooh, all good boys. Such good boys. And, uh, and it's a really, oh, it's so good. I was, uh, I was at Root and Branch the other day, and I was just like, do you guys sell kegs? And they're like, well, probably sometime in the future. Like, what if I bring my own keg? And they're like, sir, I answered your question enough. <laughs> I'm like, but I want it. And then they're like, okay, we, we, we humored you enough. It looks like you're leaving. It was very <laughs> awkward. Uh, so Cujo is a 1981 Stephen King book, which is probably only Cocaine his fourth book of that year. Stephen King book. <laughs> he apparently has no recollection of writing it. <laughs> and we have no recollection of reading it in a week or so. It's, it's I'm going to say it, gentlemen, dog shit. <laughs> the book is just terrible. <laughs> and there's a lot of dog shit in the book, too. It is just the, just the dog shit. In dog years, this book is way too long, but uh, it starts off with how long? I'm just curious. How long into the book do you think it was until you could be certain Stephen King wrote this? Because there's a sentence where you're like, oh, yep, yep, that's him. <laughs> is it page two? It's, it's pretty early. It's 3% into the book, but this book is allegedly only about 300 pages. So 50 of which matter. <laughs> that, that's rounding up, dude. <laughs> So one of the early things is the is Tad, uh, who's a young boy who's mm. been dropped on his head and given a terrible name, and he is afraid he of... Up, he'll be a frog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. And he is looking in his closet at night, and you know, he thinks there's a monster in there, and there's some scary, scary thing in the closet. You're reading it, and you're like, okay, Tad, he awoke after midnight, saw a scary thing. He urinated forever, flushed, and went back to bed. That's the sentence. It says he urinated forever. And you're like, okay, kid, scared at night. Got it. Got it, Steve. What else you got? Is like, and he sees a monster, and its eyes rolled to follow him as he sat up, comma, his scrotum crawling, comma, his hair standing on end. That's how you know he's scared. He could have just said, the boy was scared. But Stephen King doesn't settle for that. He goes... Let me tell you about this four-year-old scrotum. I want to know what those kids' balls are doing. I want to know the details of them little balls, you know. I guess the balls aren't even in the scrotum yet. Those little, well, they're, they're descending. But those little raisins coming out. <laughs> and you're like, why, Steve? He's like, cocaine. And then he just moves <laughs> on. So that's the start of the book. So <laughs> it starts off with, a, with anything but a dog. <laughs> Every, everything but a dog. 
Everything but the dog is the name of. It's actually. Uh, I, I was not that's sure. My safe word. I was reading the right book for I'd say twenty five percent of the first. And I was like, "Where's this fucking dog?" Because <laughs> all I've never seen. Have you ever seen the movie? Have you ever seen no. the movie? I'm, I'm sure not. that I'm sure that they only have the important parts. Yeah, just just the dog eating people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that's what it's about. It's basically Jaws with a dog. <laughs> what I expected this to be. I, I was hoping. But basically, there's a family that has moved into this place in Maine, and it's Castle Rock, which apparently is a big deal in other Stephen King books, but I just don't know enough. And He had that show called that on Hulu or something a while yeah, back. Yeah, I remember watching Fraggle Rock. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, Fraggle Rock, yeah. Uh, but it's the, the middle-class family that they work in an ad age. The dad is an ad executive, and, and you need to learn about not one... Not two, but every fucking ad campaign he's ever worked on. <laughs> Where he's like, and then there was that time that we put out that really successful print ad for Preparation H, where he showed Preparation G being in the toilet, and let's like whatever the fuck it is. And then we had that thing for breakfast cereal, and we invented a guy who was kind of like Captain Crunch, but a professor, and he was like, this is good cereal, and that won a Clio Award. And he just keeps going on and fucking on about advertising in late 70s America, which might be interesting from like a weird sociological point of view. But, but not as for the dog per- attack book. But for a person trying to read about dog attacks, it was pretty... <laughs> it was like watching the commercials during one of those Fox shows, like One Dog's Attack. It was pretty brutal. So you find out about him, he's moved up there into Maine, because that's the fucking mecca of ad executives. He's there with his wife and his son, Tad, and they are there, and she's miserable. And he has a lot of, he's got a big headache. He has to go down to New York to deal with the fallout from the breakfast cereal that used red food dye, and kids were like dying from eating. They weren't, no, they no, weren't actually dying. It they just weren't looked dying like they were. Because they would throw up and it would just be red. It would just be like a deep red. This is red number and four. And parents were like t- calling the ambulance and taking their kids to the hospital. Like, oh my God, my baby is dying. But no, they just had red cereal. But there's a so, part where... funny story. Oh, uh, I used to do a lot of running in high school. Ew. I am not, I'm not athletic anymore, but at the time I was, and some <laughs> girl <laughs> running a race. Yeah, Nate, just, you just went so to you know. high school with all white people in New Hampshire. I'm, I'm going to break it to you. You were never that athletic. <laughs> okay, well, more athletic than now. So I'd, I'd run uh, uh, races, and so there's a story they told about some girl who like ran a whole like 5K race and threw up at the finish line because people did that and it was like all red that's mega bulimia oh no it was like oh no call the ambulance they've got a we've got a teenager dying it's like no she just had spaghetti before the race and that's why it was all red so it happened to my cousin too except he uh shit a whole lot of blood turns out he just he had had a beet salad (laughs) he wasn't actually dying but he was very concerned for a minute it's like oh no this is how i go oh no she's all those beets when i had a college job as a uh, cashier at the dumb supermarket, there was a woman there who had just finished medical school, but it's like she needed to make money while she was preparing to do like her board certifications or some bullshit. And she was like so much more grown up and smarter than us, but we would be bothering her with medical questions constantly. I'm like, like, is it really herpes? Like if people were like <laughs> harassing this poor woman, she's like, I just want to bring up these groceries and leave. I it's have only herpes if it's from the herpetic region 
Uh, otherwise, it's just a penis blister. Uh, don't assume <laughs> the gender of the her, of the peas. It could be his peas. But then the guy's like, I, I don't know how to say this, but I shit red. It was all red. What's happening? And she's like, she's like going through all like the diagnostic kind of you know questions, and it got to what did you eat? And he was like, oh, I ate this thing with beets. And she's like, what the fuck are you wasting my time for? <laughs> You ate beets, you moron. It stains everything it touches. It really does. It stains your insides. But that's one of the things that the guy's like, oh, God, imagine if a kid did die, the medical examiner would find their insides all red. Oh, man, imagine like a really fun prank to play on your guy doing oh, no. a colonoscopy if you just ate beets the entire <laughs> day before. I was like, yep, I did nothing. I ate nothing, I promise. And they go in there like, what the fuck? <laughs> what if you just added food coloring to that crap they make you drink? Or what edible glitter? (laughs) (laughs) I think this person's a unicorn. They're just shitting out gold flake. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a solid food? Does it count? I don't know. It doesn't digest. Just makes your dookie twinkle. (laughs) (laughs) Dookie twinkle was my drag name, actually, for a little while there. It was... (laughs) Before I change to something that was a little more clarifying about my role in the gay community is Winnie the Pooh <laughs> as a bear, but it also showed something about my skills as a bottom. It was spelled uh, differently. <laughs> Dookie twinkle. Okay, so that's the first part of the book, and you're like, that's not a dog. Let's keep going. Then there's another family. There's several there's families. Like, it's, well, there's a whole bunch of families, but this one, and then you get the next one are the dirtbag White Sanford and Son family who like live in a barn, and the guy uh, beats and beats his wife and is a drunk, and he he's like in a mechanic kind of, but he's really just like this this stereotype of fucked up loser white guy from anywhere that's not a city, you know, like he's good with his hands, but he goes out hunting and drinking and beats his wife up a lot, and I and can't he remember fixes what, cars. Yeah, he just, he does macho shit, you know. Uh, he knows how to like hang drywall, but he can't keep a job. I forget his name. And they were the his uh, his wife was Brett, and the son was um, fuck. What was the kid's name? Joe? No, the He's dad J- is Joe. Joe is the dad, and the kid's name was uh, no. The kid was Brett, and the wife was Charity. Charity, yeah. And so then uh, you know, and Charity has a secret. Charity won the big jackpot because this book is from nineteen eighty one. <laughs> she won $5,000 in the state lottery. There was one funny thing later when it was like, oh, we went to the grocery store and paid. I bought $40 worth of groceries. That's enough for 10 days. $40 for 10 days worth of food? It still is if you only eat rice and the <laughs> beans that have botulism that are half price. Or like our next sponsor, My Patriot Supply. If you call now, you can get <laughs> Alex Jones's brain pills. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs their head tonic. <laughs> this head tonic is the best. Just not um, enough lead to pass inspection. <laughs> Listen, the frogs can be gay. You don't have to be gay, too. So um, they're like maybe a better writer or like a, a more like serious snobby writer would have tried to do something there of, like, the city family and the rural family, you know, like the, 
educated and but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter all because this is a book about a fucking dog and so far zero dog uh (laughs) (laughs) though it is the poor family that owns the dog they own oh good i am reading the right book i didn't waste an hour and they own a dog that is the size of a volkswagen beetle (laughs) there's a saint bernard which are very big ford pinto you mean yeah yeah, fucking ford pinto which is a good thing that the dog didn't bite the back of the pinto and cause it to explode and just come <laughs> all over. <laughs> By the gas tank. <laughs> so it is an exceptionally large St. Bernard by any it's be- standard. It's Beethoven. It's, it's, it's uh, his magnum opus. <laughs> it is a big boy. It is a 200-pound five-year-old dog. Which means it is... Minutes from death. Oh, yeah. This dog has gout. <laughs> it does have an entirely meat diet, so. This dog has fucking type 3 diabetes. Like, there's, like this dog is in bad health. And it's the summer, and there's a part in the and beginning. And then he gets rabies. <laughs> it's all downhill from there, but there's an old lady. And this is where Stephen King starts doing his shit of, like, random character walks on the scene, and I, I need somebody to say... He's like, I just need someone to say it's going to be hot out. That's all he needed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let me start with an old lady and tell you about it when she filed for Social Security or whatever the fuck it is. And some old lady who's deaf. It's like, it's not going to be the hottest summer ever. So that St. Bernard is traveling in its own mobile sauna. It is just sweating to death in this Hot, hot fucking summer. Uh, I mean, there are big, horrible creatures, I and mean, maybe they're nice, but like, it's it's a it's like a bear, and and uh, and that's part of the book. So the you meet the poor people; they have a dog. The rich people they have a a marriage that is going to see some problems. It's on the rocks. Cause she hates the suburbs. And yeah, she she's, she is she's a, a city girl. She is a fucking ridiculous character. <laughs> yeah, well, she is bored in small town Maine, and she has right before the right before the book began has just cut off her affair with local poet slash activist slash furniture stripper, um, Steve Kemp. <laughs> Steve Kemp, and uh, yeah, she's like, no more, Steve. I'm married. He's like, I like to do sex. And she's like, I don't care anymore. I'm a big, uh, tall writer, and I'm good looking. Got this big old Johnson. I'm going to put the varnish on your puss. And she's like, no, (laughs) don't get at me with your hot I don't want your cum veneer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know any more furniture terms. (laughs) That's old world workmanship on these nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there's a whole I like lot the way that. you work my wood. <laughs> You're so lathe. Do you mean lithe? No. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I thought I would come up with some better, but I got a bit lathy with that one. <laughs> so she's not banging him anymore, and he's upset about this. So he, uh, damn it, mails a letter to Vic's, her husband's, Vic's office, said, I uh, like the way your wife is is pussy is. <laughs> Basically, he said that. <laughs> he's a poet. <laughs> he, yeah, he's a fucking poet. 
It's not even right. a haiku. Is he a poet or, or a something? novelist? I think he's a poet, right? No, he's a poet. And he's like, she got a nice mole by her puss. And it's like, writes and it he, like in all caps, like a child. And then he ends his note with, any questions? It's I liked fucking the shit out of her. <laughs> I bet you used to, too. I by really, the way, I, really I did the, it with uh, my penis. The Maya Angelou influence in his work. <laughs> Yeah, I know why the caged puss sings. Because <laughs> it wants this dick. <laughs> so that is happening, and you're just like, when is this dog going to eat somebody? Uh, <laughs> like the whole time I was like, I just want this dog to kill. I, I hope this dog kill. I hope the dog wins at this point. I really hope the dog wins. <laughs> People all should just get eaten by this fucking dog. So while this guy is mailing uh, letters to this guy's office because he has his because he collects business cards for fun, and so he has the office uh, address, um, and the other lady is making plans to go out of town with her son to go visit her sister in Connecticut because she won that big old lottery. She won the big old lottery. That five grand to, to placate her abusive husband. She bought him a. A thing that I don't remember the name of, but it basically hoists the engine out of cars on a chain. Uh, and he's like, like where chain you rail this money for? And she's like, I got I won the lottery. I'm taking my thing to the taking the taking the kid to go see my sister. And he's like, No, you're goddamn not. She's like, I bought you a thing, and I'm gonna do this. And he's like, I'm not gonna beat you. Let's just fuck instead. She's like, Yeah, cool. And then they do that, and you're like, I hope this dog eats them both. Um, <laughs> And meanwhile, the 50%. dog... 50%. <laughs> you got half of what you wanted. <laughs> she, he does get some of them. Uh, and then meanwhile, it goes back to the dog. Like, oh, thank God the dog's back. And the dog's chasing rabbits and having a good old time. And then he gets attacked by a bat and he gets COVID. I mean... Uh, he, he, gets eats bat. <laughs> he eats the bat. He eats the bat. He eats the bat, yeah. And a bat scratches him. And then He's got he bat scratch babies. fever. <laughs> And this is in the 70s when, I guess, you know, rabies was cool, like chic. <laughs> that rabies chic. Yeah, you know, back in the day. Uh, and then there's another, you know, long sections about uh, this guy's ad campaigns and like his impending business trip to New York. are like, oh, God, I hope the dog gets on a plane to New York and eats everybody at the ad agency. <laughs> he does not, unfortunately. It's an emotional support dog. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, like, bigger than most people. <laughs> What's actually happening is Stephen King is... He is setting up reasons why this lady and her kid are going to get stuck in a car with this dog attacking them. And no one's going to know about them for two or three days. That's, Wait, did you say stuck in a car? Stuck in a car, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you think, shit. Do you think when the, uh, when the Ford Pinto doesn't start, do you think the dog would have said... Now yous can't leave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. I didn't even go shop. I literally, I had a book for the, I had a beer for the other book we were going to do, House of Doors, but I realized when I got home today, like, oh shit. I, don't, I, didn't, get, I didn't get a beer for Kudo. Anyway, uh, this is Now Use Can't Leave, a double IPA, 10.1% by Bronx Brewery. We've only had this about 10 times. You're fucking hammered. That's why, yeah, you can't walk. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you can't leave. Anyway, it's uh, pretty good. I think there's a reason why this was 
this was on sale at my local grocery store. It's because it's been there a while, so oh, no. it's a little, it's a little old. Yeah, a little old, but uh, you know, I'm still drinking it. Still, still I've had it before. Yeah, gets the job done. We have definitely had that multiple times. And speaking of having things multiple times, some people keep coming back for more of this and giving us money to do it. And those oh, that's true. Are our patrons, and they chose this book because they hate us. Um, <laughs> the theme of this month for people because people that don't have the have the patron stuff don't know that you know we have a, we have a dumb theme every month that we come up with. Most of them are jokes. Um, and sometimes it's like, fuck, we need a new poll. And so the poll this week, this month was books where the dog is the main character and the dog dies at the end. Um, I'm sorry the dog wasn't more of a main character. There were, there were three choices, and they chose this one. Um, I'm really surprised, honestly. I really thought they were going to do Marley and me because, you know, we just love it when those dogs die. Um, but one because of it does. is the, the patron-selected poll book winner, uh, we are going to thank the patrons that are eligible for receiving our thanks. So, in no particular order, or the order that uh, Patreon puts them in, which I don't know what it is. I guess it's alphabetical. Nope, it is not. I don't really know what it is. Okay. I think it's order of when they signed up. It's order of the order I'm reading. We saved the most dedicated and best, therefore best for last. I think, yeah, the the last ones are the oldest ones, right? So, uh, here you go. Thank you to Brandon, clearly Kayla, Dr. Don Kedick, Black Rabbit of Inlay, <laughs> Aggie, Avery, Humid Oyster, Linda, Nathaniel, Thick Richard III, Frederick, Sean, William, Derek, Carol, Yolanda. This episode of Bluey is called No Means No, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I love that show. <laughs> we watch that so much. These days, animal shelters only get called dog pounds after Nate has been there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do we have rabid patrons? Yes, we do. <laughs> Podcast announcement. I know we drink a lot of Thinback around here, but Mike and I have decided to switch to Bearback because that lines up more with our relationship and our preferences. Hashtag drunk allies. Thanks. As I sent back to him, that's what we call doing the work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, putting the work in. Um, Tyler, Grace, Catherine. We're, we Colton. are the real heroes. <laughs> oh, here we go. My hard-ons... Tinglay. Tinglay. Okay. My heart is Tinglay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that a Super oh. Eli? Yes. Uh, here nice. we go. I wish I could remember to change my name every month the same way Nate remembers the age of consent wherever he goes. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh. fuck. Who was that? <laughs> oh, S- wow, Steven. They're getting, they're getting brazen. <laughs> yeah. It's not even about dogs. Uh, Zephod Beeblebrox, Joe P, Hayden, and Moses Porporito, and CL. Uh, thank you to everybody for uh, doing this. To some of you, some of you are mean. <laughs> Very mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, so the dog has rabies, and there's elaborate scenarios going on about why everyone's going to leave town. But what's the lady's name? The the wish lady. The lady gets caught in the car. Donna. Donna is going to... Her car doesn't work. She's got a Pinto, and it explodes every day. And she's like, I got to get a new car. <laughs> um, I got to take this thing to the shop. They'll fix it. They'll put it all back together. It'll explode the next day. It explodes every day. <laughs> and meanwhile, 
uh, Vic <laughs> has received the letter that says, your wife won't make fuck. And he's like, what poet wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> she is so good at making the fuck. <laughs> Are there Italians my, in this town? <laughs> my friend. <laughs> like, I could hear his tracksuit. So he, he confronts Donna. And she's like, it's over. I was just bored because Maine sucks. And he's like, I know. Uh, but it's <laughs> I get it, yeah. actually. Um, and then he's like, I got to go out of town to save this company that I own because kids are you know, shitting fake blood everywhere and it looks bad for our <laughs> ad campaign. And I'm going to go through many, many pages of why this ad campaign I've come up with to solve it is important to the plot of where the dog has to eat people. Uh, and you're like, I just wish there was more dog. I just want, I just want the dog to eat people. <laughs> and so he's going to go on a business trip, and he's going to say, "Take your, take your dog, take your car to the guy who's going to do the thing. He's going to fix your car from exploding." The car repair dude, even though he's twenty miles away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it gets it's that's, good it's enough. Maine. The car's good enough. You can't get there from here. Yeah, that's close. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's really close for Maine. And meanwhile, the guy who does the repairing, his wife and kid are going to go to Connecticut because uh, she won the lottery. Um, and then he's going to go to Boston to go whoring with his friend. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is the greatest character in literature? Oh, God, yeah. What is it? Gary? Gary, Gary. the one testicled <laughs> Vietnam vet who hates everyone and is drinking himself to death? Uh, no, because this book is old. Was he a Vietnam vet or was he a... No, he was a, a World War II vet. World War II World vet. World War II, oh, right. Uh, right because right, right. I I took notes of that. He lost his ball in a oh, I'm gonna read, oh, Don't worry. I'm going to tell you what it was. So, you know, the hippies love Gary because this is, you know, he, he got like a fucking Iron Cross or whatever the fuck medal he got from the U.S. government. Purple shirt. <laughs> he got the purple shirt. Yeah, uh, it's beats. It's <laughs> so many beats. <laughs> I like when he's like, Gary showed them all the same thing. This is the hippies. Which was his Winchester thir- .30-.06. I don't even know how to... 30 6 I don't even know how to read the name of a gun. He, <laughs> he told them to get off his property. As far as he was concerned, they were all a bunch of, one, long-haired, two... This list is fascinating to me. Long-haired, <laughs> muff-diving, crab-crawling, asshole pinko fuck sticks. He's like, man, that guy's like... What's wrong with eating some puss? Like, that's wrong? Like, that's what we fought for freedom, you bastard. He told them to give a shit if they blew their guts out from Castlebrook to Freiburg. But that's Maine, so it might be said stupidly. After a while, they stopped coming. No, that's how it's called. (laughs) So so he's like, I hate you hippies, right? That's a paragraph, period. Next sentence. One of those German bullets had taken Gary Pervier's right testicle off. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Stephen King's still writing this book. (laughs) A medic had found most of it splattered across the seat of his GI-issued underwear. Most of the other ones survived, and sometimes he could still get a, quote, pretty respectable bone on. (laughs) (laughs) These are the details we need. In a book about a dog, I want to hear about a veteran's balls. (laughs) Well, he's talking about bones, which dogs love. And balls. Which all dogs also love. Who's and also Cujo is going to eat this guy's dick. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> it's absurd to be like, I mean, 
you know, what's that like a in vino veritas, right? Like when you're drunk, you you, you have no filter. Cocaina veritas. In cocaina, <laughs> it's scrotums. It's just like I gotta tell you about the penis. Scrotitas. <laughs> <laughs> every fucking every Stephen King Coke book. It's like, and then there was the mailman Frank. His dick was kind of big, and like. Why do you tell us that? <laughs> you never know who's going to get one. He just asked, he's like, I need to flush out this character. Literally, his penis. <laughs> it's like, chill it's out, like Steve. Backstory. What if I described what his dick smelled like? Hmm. <laughs> he had the kind of penis that smelt and tasted a little bit like ramen noodle. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Not the flavor you'd expect. <laughs> And it's not the flavor that is comically called cock on the shelves. <laughs> it was shrimp. It was disgusting. But the size was not shrimp. Like, holy shit, dude. But that's all he could do is talk about penises and testicles. The whole motherfucking book. But uh, Gary Pervier, he's, he's, he's pervier. He's more pervy than other people. Pervier. No, no, he's pervier. <laughs> But he is the one who is going to be going to Boston uh, with the guy uh, who was like, "We're going to go pick up Joe. some co- some koosh. <laughs> like we're getting some puss. Yeah, go see, catch a red, uh, catch a dead Sox game, and go whoring like in Boston. Like I lived in Boston. I'm not whoring there. I guess the '70s was different. I'm not That's sure. Want to know what whoring in Boston is like? It's probably really sad. It's a lot of British normally living in Boston. <laughs> getting some brain tree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they're also going to be out of town, except they actually won't make it. But uh, you know, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of setup and a lot of unnecessary setup for why this lady's going to be stuck. So everyone leaves town. Uh, he's got to go save the cereal company um, from mismanagement. And They'll never get the Count Chocula account not on my watch. <laughs> And so the lady's like, "Oh, my car is broken. I'm gonna take it to the to the to the man who's gonna fix the car." Oh, but hold on, you gotta talk about the incredibly absurd scene when he confronts his wife, Vic. Oh, yeah. Right? And he's like, "I got a letter. Some guy wrote a letter saying he quote enjoyed fucking the shit out of you, and you have a funny shaped birthmark by your bush. Which uh, what's that about, honey?" And she's like, oh, yeah, I cheated on you. And he's like, that's not cool. <laughs> she's like, yeah, probably wasn't. Whoops. And then this is where Stephen King, for me, writes these passages where it's like he, he kind of pretends he knows about people. And he's like, that was the question they couldn't answer. Or that was the sentence that couldn't be said. He says he's like fake, deep-sounding things. You know what I'm talking about? Like they'll mm. say, and he asked her, was I the only one? But that was the question he could never ask. Absolutely, that is the question to ask in this moment. <laughs> that is the second question. After she's like, is that true? And then you want to fuck, before you can make any other decisions, you kind of need to know that. It can't be like, she got away with the other ones because he can only ask one time. Like it, it, You have to ask that. It's absurd. And her excuse is like, I was just going to be so bored and I didn't want to do bake sales. So I fucked this other guy, but I promise never in our bed. And he's like, oh, that makes me feel so much better. 
Because like any other married man, I've been trying to bang you on any piece of furniture we have. I, Daddy's horny. But uh, <laughs> that's a thing. By the way, she, she fucked a dude. What the fuck is this? Yeah. I found this quote. I'm pretty sure this is about Steve Kemp. Yeah. Steve Kemp, the poet, who, for him, quote, masturbation was a sign of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> He's a poet with his, uh, with his fists as well. But, uh, but, <laughs> but there's a thing where, you know, the wife is like, yeah, I cheated on you. It was fun. It was like being young. It was stupid. And she's like really not trying to fix this, by the way. When she starts with, it was fun. <laughs> like, you cheated on me. We have a four-year-old son. She goes, it was fun. It was like being in college again. It was a dream. Oh, uh, a stupid dream. It was a stupid dream. I'm, I'm literally reading. the. I'm not adding anything. And she starts with like, it's because I love you. Or I finally know that now. Or something yeah, stupid like that's, that. That's Stephen King writing a woman. Like He does not... I've been manipulated by several women in my life, fucking vixens. But they don't say stupid nonsense like that. They gaslight hard. They don't just say, you know, uh, now that I you caught me 100% red-handed, that's how I know I love you. That's fucking, no one's falling for that. But she goes, the flirting part was fun. The sex, dot, 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 it was no good. I had orgasms, but it was no good. Who is she trying to help at that <laughs> moment? <laughs> it's like, listen, he made my puss come hard, but it wasn't like the way I really like it. <laughs> and he didn't do that thing with his fin- with your that you do with your finger. That's what Stephen King has this woman say. <laughs> and we're supposed to be like, oh, this is character development, all right? So deep. Oh, he was. He was very deep in there. <laughs> <laughs> But I was just like, what is this? This is this is another example of dog shit in this book. <laughs> I was going to say this for the end, but basically, this book should have been a short story. It could have been a very good short story. It could have been a really good short story where it was like the woman is just on her own with the kid for some reason. You didn't need any of the other shit. Because <laughs> also, we'll get to it later. But while they're in the car, we still have to hear about the ads. Oh, yeah, but I mean, you need to understand that that red dye number 17 was really bad. And he did, and he did that really important, uh, important ad for Dr. Scholl's, where the <laughs> slogan was like, even guys that aren't in defeat are into these. <laughs> and over whatever his <laughs> shitty slogans were. <laughs> that would be an amazing Dr. Scholl's ad. <laughs> it would certainly get attention. You don't have to be in defeat. But it helps. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Uh, so the dog it, it, has this, rabies. It, He's 60% of the book is setting up dominoes. Yeah. But all the dominoes lead to knocking over one domino. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the dog is looking sick. And everybody's like, I just got to do this thing that I'm going to do. I'll be right back. Good luck, everybody. And like they're about to leave town, and the kid who's dogged is like, hey, Cujo looks pretty sick. And his mom is like, don't tell your dad. He won't let us leave to go to beautiful, sunny Connecticut, the perfect mecca of humanity, to see my sister so I can tell her I won the lottery. And she has a regular job and a husband who has a gay, white-collar job. Ugh. 
But I still have to go back and live in this barn yeah. with my abusive husband who I told the kid, him. your uncle has a gay job. It's like, oh, okay. And so he's turning the kid into a little incel. What was the uncle's job? Was it objectively gay? Like, was he was he... a lawyer. Oh. Wasn't he? He was like a... Did, I think he was, he, was a, he was... He did like some reasonable, like, actual, like, college... He, he didn't work with his hands, and that's what it was. He could read... It's funny. Uh, a lot of a lot of gay guys I know do a lot of stuff with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the kid sees the dog and he's like, "He looks terrible, actually." And they're like, "No, just he'll be fine. Dad'll feed him." And I was like, "All right, well, let's go to Connecticut." And so they leave. He's he's in an intense Alpo withdrawal. Fine in a day. He goes through a you know a twenty pound twenty five pound bag of purina a day because he's a massive beast. He's an entire calf. It's like a uh, megalodon of a dog. It's like when they're feeding the T-Rex in Jurassic Park where they're lowering a goat into the thing. He doesn't want that. He wants to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they're gone, and then uh, Vic goes to New York to save cereal company that I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I must preserve grape nuts. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it was. And then I'm going to come back and save my marriage after I save... The and then nuts. I'm gonna bust these nuts, though they have <laughs> awkward sex the night before he leaves. Yeah, where they're both is like that was different. Now <laughs> this has all been tainted. Uh, so he's gone, <laughs> and then the wife is like, "Oh, come on, Tad, let's go get the car fixed. We'll just take it up for a minute because it's broke. It keeps exploding." Uh, so like, she drives oh, yeah. it up to the to the thing, and. I don't remember if the dog is already... The dog is already crazy at this point. The dog has... So has the dog has already town. killed his owner. I forget his name already. He's killed it old killed Gary One Ball. One ball. Guy. Yeah. He killed Gary, Gary One Ball. Gary One Nuts. Gary One Nut. <laughs> and then he uh, he broke into Gary's house, which is cool for a dog thing without thumbs. Uh, he just busted through the door. <laughs> <laughs> And then He's Joe is like, hey, I haven't heard from you, Gary. We're supposed to go whoring. We're going to go to the finest little whorehouse in Boston, which is what the song is about. Or the movie. Um, and so they, he goes there and he's like, oh, my dog ate this guy. And he sees him and he's like, oh, I saw a documentary once or I read about it. It's in a magazine. That dog got rabies. And then the dog eats Joe's dick. They specify that he ate Joe's balls. And I guess he it's dies just- from that. Which is which is fair, yeah. Yeah, I guess if you get your junk ripped off by a rabid dog, you you die. But also the you know you're gonna die from the rabies. Well, because the rabies is more the closer it is to your brain, uh, you know it's more potent. So when you start at the area where one gets brain, it's over fast. And many men think Science. with their dick, so. We could we could torture this in many different ways. How great would it have been if when the dog the dog is eating his cock and balls and he goes, ah, oh, nuts. <laughs> because because the dog actually does have like thoughts. Yes, it's you know, like it it's like Jaws, actually. Like the book Jaws. It's like oh, the yeah. fish. The fish hungered. It needed to feed. And like the dog is going around, it's like worshiping the humans as gods. <laughs> the food giver has come But as, was, the, <laughs> as the fucking rabies gets worse He's like I'm just so uncomfortable I'm going to eat everyone around me <laughs> It's like 
the boy. I would have died for the boy, but now his voice is kind of irritating. <laughs> it just worships them. It's, which is I mean, probably that is kind of, of how dogs are. <laughs> but then Stephen King puts in some, you know, high quality dog encyclopedia Britannica, where he's like, the dog couldn't see the color of his shirt. Parentheses. It couldn't see color the way we know, and it also didn't smell his scent. Like, oh Jesus Christ, dude! Just fucking <laughs> the dog was weirded out. <laughs> it's oh god. So after flossing a- his teeth with his owner's dick, he went back home. <laughs> so he there they dropped the car off, and they're like, "Hey, where is everybody? I gotta get the car fixed because it's gonna blow up again." So Donna and Ted have driven up to the like garage barn thing because they need the Pinto repaired. And then they immediately see the big scary dog and then they're stuck in the car for three days. Is it three days? Yeah. Or is it I mean, two long days? enough for a kid to die? It's like two or three days. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a long time because there's no one around. And, uh, well, the guy who's supposed to be around is dead and he's dickless now. And the dog is the size of a Pinto, so they're in bad shape. And uh, and it's hot as hot as death outside, and they don't have any food or water with them except for like a few like grape nuts or something. I don't know. This is about halfway through the book, and yet Stephen King manages to make like we're stuck in the car and there's a dog last for another 150 pages or like 200 pages. There's a lot of interjections about the ad meetings that Vic has to go through. And you're like, I don't care about this part now. We're at the good part with the dog, finally. I don't want to hear about the meetings at all. I would just say, Nate, I wouldn't say he manages to make it last. I'd say he attempts to make it last. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, also, you hear about um, how the interpersonal family drama of the lady and her sister in Connecticut... And how she doesn't like how her sister is showing off that she's got money, and they're like, "I want this dog to just eat the eat the car, <laughs> eat the car whole, just mum, mum, eat the car." Be a good <laughs> and like struggling to raise her son with a dickhead for a dad is like this is not important right now. There's a lady being eaten by a dog, or not. And then they introduce like it's all right. All I have to do is survive the night and wait for the mailman to come deliver the mail. But but dogs eat mailmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their greatest enemy. But instead, the mailman is like, man, I've got a lot of farts in me. <laughs> it's a whole section about the farting mailman and how many farts he has. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, oh, by the way, that guy's coming to me. the rear. <laughs> I and he's like, I, I had like nine pounds of chili last night, and the guy told everyone to stop delivering his mail for a few days. He's going to be out of town. <laughs> All right, I'll come back later. <laughs> and you're like, why did... Why do we need this? <laughs> that was a really good sound. Was really he was in the good. middle of his all chili summer diet <laughs> to lose. That's how I get that beach body? <laughs> <laughs> you can fart out the weight. <laughs> yeah, most you of lose the weight mostly air. air weight. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how weight works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why balloons don't weigh very much. You replace your physical insides <laughs> just with air. Yeah. And then at the end of summer, you just let it That's all out. That's how you lose thin. weight, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, there's a whole thing about the farting mailman. I was like, oh, okay, cool. 
And also, every time someone sees the dog with rabies, they piss themselves immediately. <laughs> Dude, this Everyone's is a covered dog in piss. that is the size of a cave bear. Like, it's, I would, I'd piss myself if that dog was, like, giving paw. Like, that's a <laughs> fucking monster creature. Uh, I, I had cousins who had a dog that was this kind of size dog. It wasn't a St. Bernard. It was, like, some sort of horrible mutt. But they just called it Magnus, and the thing was two hundred and ten pounds. And the thing about dogs, unless like you're a real asshole owner, dogs don't get fat. Like they, it's like a, if a dog is like a health, like a healthy big boy, it is muscle. Like it yeah. is like it. There's it's just fucking. It's like fighting a dolphin. Like it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so I had this fucking dog that I remember meeting when I was like twelve. I was like, that I could, I could fucking ride this. This is like a small. And you were a big boy. I was a grown-up sized person already. It's like that is a medium pony. <laughs> <laughs> that is absurd. And these are cousins that live in like upstate hillbilly people in New York. So they were like, yeah, that's just Magnus. He eats whatever he finds. And I was like, that's fucking people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he ate a house once. <laughs> I seen it. <laughs> so this dog is trying his best to slam his face through the car door. And he's doing a pretty good job because he's a tank. And it's Wait, a Ford did, you Pinto. Say that, did you say the dog is attacking him? He's attacking him. Yeah. Now, Nate, you know a little bit about evolution and shit, right? Couldn't you say, <laughs> when the dog's doing that, that the wolf strikes again? No? You could Close say. enough, yeah. He's bigger than a fucking wolf. But, but aren't... Aren't like real wolves really big? I remember seeing actually. Yeah, real wolves are fucking. They're much larger than you would think. A dog. They're bigger than huskies, which you know kind of look a lot like them. Huskies are pretty fucking big too. Wolves are bigger. Wolves are definitely bigger. Like twice the size of a husky. Are they bigger than Saint Bernards though? Probably not. I think they're leaner. Oh yeah, for sure. What the fuck is like a dire wolf? (laughs) What's that like? That's the size of a fucking. They were even bigger. I mean, they're extinct now. Dire wolves real. They were well. Okay, there was a there's an extinct species of wolf that was even bigger than the wolves. They were they were, uh, they were in North America. They're even bigger than the wolves that are still alive today, and they were nicknamed dire wolves. So there were there was a species that was even bigger. I thought they were only in like fantasy books. Well, George R. R. Martin, of course, like used them, but yeah, I mean they've been in like fantasy shit for they've been like D and D forever, also. Now they just sure. say, they say they use dire whatever to mean a big scary version of that animal. I, I didn't know they were actually real. Well, this beer is called the Wolf Strikes Again, and it is a double IPA that's nine percent alcohol from Alternate Ending Beer Company. Which I wish this I wish this book had an alternate ending, but I also wish it had an alternate middle and beginning. So it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> and oh man, this is. This is so good. And uh, what the fuck is it? It says on the side I've of the I've actually had one of those before. You can watch me, mock me, try to block me, but you cannot stop me. Maybe I can. But it's just like a, I don't know if it's, it's kind of like a special label here for the random bottle shop that I go to in, in Manhattan. 
which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That I paid, you know, probably nine dollars for this can, like a schmuck. Delicious. But yeah, the wolf is striking again with his face because dogs are stupid. They don't have hands, so you know, he's doing what he can do. He also has rabies, which makes is not them like insane. this. It, which is not like what you see in the book. It is not at all, of he course. He hated the taste of water, and I learned that from their eyes were watching God when we did the fucking auto-tune. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, T-Pain was not <laughs> drinking water anymore. <laughs> what was his name? T-Cake. That was his name. <laughs> so how is rabies different? Because I, I, I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's not exactly like this, but, I mean, it does make things... Aggressive and mean. It yeah. does, but not just like you get rabies. That means you just all you do is you just run around killing things. That's not what it is. Just eating dicks. <laughs> <laughs> you could live. If not you a euphemism. Right away. <laughs> uh, no, I. So what I understand about rabies, it's more like you get. So if, if it's like a fox or a dog or a raccoon, it gets this thing called hydrophobia, where it is like afraid of water, like it does not like water. So, yeah. but it also gets extremely thirsty because you know we can't drink water anymore. But then it also has the need to like bite things. But it's just like a bite. It's not like I need to rip its throat out and kill it, whatever I see. It's not like that. Also. Most like small animals that if they they almost can't get rabies because they're just not going to survive a bite, period, from a bigger animal. But like sort of like medium sized, you could say medium sized animals like foxes and raccoons and dogs can are like quite fox, susceptible. Fox upwards. Could a horse get rabies? Fox upwards isn't that a Kama Sutra move? Yes. Uh, I mean, I assume any mammal can probably get rabies because people get it. Yeah, I people can get it and die. Fucking Fun fact: horse. <laughs> rabies is pretty much the only disease that's a hundred percent fatal. Because at like, a certain point, it's, there's nothing you could do. Yeah, right? you have to get it really early, right? I mean, there is some treatment uh, if you if you get some treatment right away. But if you don't get that treatment right away, it is a hundred percent fatal. I think well, one where, person whereas has been cured. Very few, according to this book, one person has been cured. One or two people have been cured, but I don't know. If I trust Stephen King's like Coke <laughs> research, don't <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Whatever it's the opposite of whatever he said. But most I diseases, would believe even rabies is the diseases. only disease you can cure. <laughs> That's what so he's... <laughs> even very deadly diseases like black plague and smallpox and stuff like that, they will have a, a fatality rate of I don't know 20, 30, 50 percent. Yeah, but really, rabies is like it's a hundred percent. It's just like you, if you have it, it will kill you. That's fine. But it's also like easy to not get it. Just like don't, don't go fuck near that, the bat. Don't fuck that raccoon. <laughs> don't, don't fuck that bat. <laughs> <laughs> the raccoon hand jobs are terrible. They don't even feel good. It's not worth the risk. But Kuja got smacked. Now I just go through trash every night. But Kujo got slashed in the face by a bat when it was chasing a rabbit. In some sort of weird idyllic thing where the, a 200-pound armored tank of a dog was like, I'm eating rabbit tonight. And it got stuck in a hole in a bat. Because bats are just disgusting piss demons. It just <laughs> it like slashed. Bats his... are basically like, bat, 
bats are rabies carriers, but they, it doesn't affect them because they're such fucking weird little monsters, right? They so are. They, they are the uh, what's the word like for a petri it? dish of reservoir. Death. They're the reservoir for a ton of shit. They're disgusting. Bats carry all sorts of things, not just COVID jokes. Like seriously, they carry all sorts of things. Bats are the reservoir. Cause That's because they hang upside down and piss all over their own mouths. <laughs> they do. They just, if you hang upside down and your dick is up there, when you pee, <laughs> it's going on your face. And they just do. And they and just they go like, it. yum, 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 it's raining. And then they just do that. <laughs> and then they just go, I caught the first snowflake. It's <laughs> fucking horrible. I remember when I was, in, I was in Texas once and everybody sits by this bridge. Because at dusk every... Dusk. Ugh. Um, all the bats fly out. There's like thousands. Wait, of li- what's wrong with like, dusk? That's a they're thing. Like little bats, like not like big boys, you know, like those fucking arm-sized bats. Like little. Dude, ones, have you ever like seen sparrows. what a flying fox looks like? Yeah, it looks like a fucking fox with wings. It's fu- they're like, but they eat fruit four feet fun. long, but they weigh like five pounds. They're you know slim, it's but like these my, everyone's on this bridge stool. and all these. Like thousands of bats come out, and all the bats do is piss all over everybody. When they're under <laughs> thing. They're like, oh, oh God, this wasn't thought through at all. And people up on the bridge, like these people have done it before. All the people down below are getting pissed on by thousands of little bats. Like, oh, it's raining. Like, oh no, it's not. It's all piss. Okay, and just that's how I got rabies. <laughs> okay, just to defend bats for a second. A lot of bats. They don't species, need your help, I mean, Nate. So, some bats <laughs> actually no, they really do. They really do. Uh, yeah. A lot of bats. Some bat species eat fruit, but most eat insects. And some bat species will eat their entire body weight in mosquitoes every night. And it's hard you know to do, what? They don't weigh very much. Fuck mosquitoes! <laughs> like if if oh, bats yeah, totally. disappeared, the insect populations would just explode. Which we can is, actually uh, use that right now. Yeah, we we definitely need to control insect populations. So we actually really need the bats. But there is a like there's a disease. It's like a it's like a fungus that's spreading among bats and killing them in like in North America. I believe it's, it's called really bat bad. AIDS. <laughs> the bats are bats are cool. They're very cool. That's why Batman thought it was like, oh, I'm a loner. My parents died. I'm gonna be one. He didn't pick a different animal. He's like, how about ocelot man or whatever. He's like, bats are cool. And I got Mr. In the Pangolin. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Pangolin. Like, That's too obscure. No one's going to know that one. What kind of penguin are you? Like, no, not a penguin, damn it. A pangolin. Pangolin. <laughs> That's not what they're called. They're called penguins, man. Like, no, it's a different thing. Look it up. I'll wait. I'm an armored ar- arboreal anteater thing. <laughs> The fucking pangolin is right. Are they in a tree? Yep. No, that's it. I, I'm just picturing Sandshrew from Pokemon. I have no he's idea. He's basically, he's kind of, yeah, he's basically a pangolin, actually, without the nose. <laughs> Pangolins have a long nose, I think. Do they? No, they don't. I have no I, idea. I mean, well, I guess it is basically now, a Sandshrew. Yeah. I literally think it's a Sandshrew. That's like, I'm not even looking. You guys can Google. I'm not looking. I don't care. Uh, uh, okay. They definitely look like <laughs> anteaters, but they have a shorter nose than an anteater. Okay. All right, so it's it's similar to a Sandshrew, yes. But yeah, that would be an obscure they really choice are for a like, superhero. They're basically heavily armored anteaters. <laughs> so, you know, in case the ants fight back. Uh, but yeah, he's not that. Bats are easier. Um, 
So this dog. Oh, Cujo, right. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we digressed almost as much as Stephen King did. <laughs> not quite. And still, still not as much. I knew we were doing it when I felt my testicles shrivel up into my body. Of Michael, fear. we've talked about you feeling your testicles on the show too many times already. Oh, uh, you, you know what? I save some stuff just for my wife because that's what she's into, mocking me. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so this dog is uh, slamming his face into the car door over and over again while the dog is attacking the car. Steve decides, I'm going to go to this lady's house, and I'm going to fuck up her whole house. So he's destroying everything, and then he jacks off on her bed because he gets a hard-on from destroying the house. He, he comes immediately, they mention. Like, <laughs> two quick thrusts, and he, he got the job done. It's like, wow, that's weird. Like a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that he made her come when she tells us, I'm like, this was really weird, but I did orgasm. And Stephen King was like, yeah, the writers get it done. <laughs> Drilling out that puss. <laughs> Put that in there. And then he leaves her a note on the mirror, which says, like, I cum. love something for you upstairs. P.S. It's my cums. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then he leaves, and you're like, this is yet more set up for other bullshit. Because she's locked in this car for like a day already at this point, and it's hot. And she has tried to get out, and it didn't work. As they the bake in the famous main summer heat. It gets fucking hot in the summer. Of course, well, it gets it hot everywhere heat in the summer. It was a heat wave. Right. The, remember and the, the Pinto, duff, the you know lady? when it gets hot because of all the fire from the explosions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just exploded for three days straight. <laughs> just, just like constant explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it went into my nose. <laughs> That's where his cummies went, too. <laughs> almost, oh, my. It almost threw up. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh. So she's, you know, baking to death in this car. The kid has had a seizure but at some like point. But it's like an easy bake oven. It takes 29 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, you know, they don't have any water. She can't drink her own piss because that's gross. Um the not kid is not the doing well because he's a kid and he's dehydrated and hungry and he's in a car seat. Uh, so Vic, uh, in the midst of his meetings, is like, I gotta stop thinking about Captain Crunch. I haven't talked to my wife in a while. And she's like, he calls and he's like, she never he answers. Promised, so he promised he would call every night. Promised. Or every she other wasn't night. there. She's like, he, she is out getting cummed in again. I know it. But how could she which, do that with our kid is there? You know, what's she doing? What's going on? Which, by the so, way, when he was leaving after their fight about the the affair, she was not uh, not in a position to be criticizing him very much. And she's like, are you going to go out there and get some strange puss when you're in New York? And he's like, what? What does that have to do with anything? We're having waffles. Like, Yeah, but then he's waffles. Like, he's like, I was thinking about it. I was getting some cum waffles. <laughs> I was going to get some. A little bit of cum in every square. Ugh, that's too much. I, I feel like Stephen King fantasized that he was writing a book about infidelity, but he couldn't resist putting a dog in it. The dog is a metaphor for infidelity. <laughs> because that's really the conflict of the book. It's a metaphor. The whole book is a metaphor. It's an allegory. That's why when he comes on her bed, it's a metaphor for him ruining their marriage. Because the wife has said, he, we never fucked in our bed. He just, just that. jacked onto it. And then and he's he an asshole. He's really just mad at the wife. For some reason, I don't know, the cops 
go check out the house. Like, go just go check on them because there's well, she hadn't answered the phone for like, like two three days. nights. Yeah, so they go and they're like, oh, it looks like someone fucking destroyed your house and then came <laughs> on your wife's bed <laughs> and then looks like, everywhere. It looks like she's been kidnapped or something. He was taking care of business. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like, I got to get back to Maine. Every so day. He, takes, he takes the plane back Over to Maine. Time. And he looks at all the jizz in his room, and he's like, that's fucked up. That stains won't ever come out. <laughs> he's and, so sticky. And then we sit through uh, the, 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 the three cops, or two cops in the thing, while one of them is just like, I just want to get my promotion and go home. And the other one is like, I got to do detective work with my brain hole. And think, why is her car there? If her car is there, why would they take her? If they took her, why is her car still here? If her car is not here, then they didn't take her. Because if, her, if she was there, and you're like, oh my God, what's happening? This is what Stephen King thinks character development is. And in the end, they're like, it looks like she hasn't been taken because we found that guy and he had a bunch of pills and, you know, hippie drugs in his car. So he's going away, but he doesn't have your wife. He just said he did a lot of coming on your bed. And he said, nom, 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 did you like them? Uh, <laughs> Looks like you guys sleep in a set of splunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a poet. <laughs> Did you like when I dangled my participle on your bed? <laughs> uh, and they're like, go check out the place where he dropped off the car and the husband's going to take a nap. <laughs> but so the one other cop is like, I'm going to go check out the thing, even though I know the car is not there because I'm a you know I'm a cool guy. And he gets there, and he, he he's like sees a bunch of, you know, shit going on. He's like, oh, that car looks really fucked up. Like, oh, that's a big dog. Oh, God, it's got rabies. And he tries to shoot it, but he's not fast or faster than the hulking behemoth of a dog who runs at him in slow motion. In 95-degree weather yeah. on day seven of this. <laughs> and the dog is just waiting outside the car, that also The dog can't drink water, so this dog must be so dehydrated. Like, yeah. How is it functioning? He's just waiting outside the car for them to get out, because he still has the presence of mind to like understand how they are trapped, even though he's frenzied. But, you know, at this point, also, the women tried, uh, Donna tried to get out of the car, but he, like, bit her, because, you know, he's a so big boy. So she gets the slow rabies. She gets slow rabies, yes. And so he's now eating a cop, and he eats the cop's dick. I mean, they don't say that, but I have to assume that's what he does it every other he's time. He's got a taste for it. He's, he's <laughs> developed a taste for it. <laughs> he actually leaves the rest of the cop alone. He just eats the dick. He's, uh, he's into the delicacies, the sweet meats. Uh, <laughs> and so the husband wakes up. He's like, oh, thank God I took that eight-hour nap um, while my wife was gone. Um, I stopped giving a fuck about my wife and child days ago. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they're like, hey, that other cop never called back. I guess we should go check on him. <laughs> a day later, like, oh. He just probably went home because it was nighttime or some shit. <laughs> and so uh, Vic is like, I'm going to drive over there. I'm sure something's gone wrong. He's, she's Something's bad. Meanwhile, Donna's like, it's now or never. This kid is like having seizures and he looks like shit. And then she gets out of the car and there was like a bat that someone she had it from before. She grabbed a bat that was nearby. Baseball bat. Not a kid left his bat. Yeah. Not not, a bat. 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 It would have been poetic justice if she used a real bat. Yeah. (laughs) She (laughs) threw another bat at him. (laughs) (laughs) She she beat him to death with something out of a video game. It's a metaphor. (laughs) To catch the bats and throw them back at him. (laughs) 
But uh, she hits him, and it breaks, and then she stabs him in the brain with the broken end of the bat. And she's like, batter up. <laughs> Doggy style. And then the husband finally arrives, and he's like, what did I miss? <laughs> the end. No, not the end. Actually, no. the ending is actually a real bummer. Uh, it gets worse. The, he goes up and like, how long has Tad been dead? She's like, what? He's like, this kid is super dead. <laughs> And they try to, you know, he resurrect does. him, but you can't do you can't that because he's been dead a long time from just being exposure or he's dehydration. He's been slow roasted knows. in that car. Yeah. He's and fork so, tender. He's yeah. just... <laughs> he's been slow cooked, yeah. The dog was waiting for... The dog was actually slow cooking both of them. This was his plan. He had the presence of mind. The car was a sous vide. It's just bringing him up to temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so then the kid's dead, and then it's over. <laughs> There's, like, a brief epilogue where they're like, how do we recover from this? We're both very sad. Let's get a and dog. And everyone in the neighborhood has had their dick eaten by this dog. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, well. No, but they get, the, they get a puppy at the end, don't they? No, the kid, the kid who owned the dog gets a puppy. Oh, right, sorry, sorry. they they move back and the their hus- the husband's dead, but she gets a job as a secretary or something, so they'll be able to make ends meet because they can still pay off the you know the mortgage that isn't very high, even though the guy is dead. But he was abusive anyway. Yada yada yada. And also, she got a new dog, and this one has had its shots. A lot of them were like, people don't get their fucking shots. <laughs> now that Bob Barker is gone, who knows, man? The dog population is going to explode. No one out there talking about their dog's dicks all the time without Bob. Uh, but yeah, then the book ends after the kid gets a dog. And it's like, okay, make sure to spay a new to your pets. The end. And you're like, wow, I liked 20% of that book. It should have been a short story. It could have been a very good short story. I've never seen the movie. I assume the movie cuts out almost all of that. Yeah, I, I imagine the movie builds up the menacement of the dog, you know, that how how scary this dog is and how bad it is and it's eating drifters or something. <laughs> but and the temptations. <laughs> it's eating duop bands across the country. Yeah, where are the pips? <laughs> but it's <laughs> pippin' ain't easy. But the the book is so ridiculous because the dog just sits there for the first half of the book going, I feel really weird. I want to eat that kid's intestines for some reason now. <laughs> Wait, I what's below ha- the intestines? I'm just having dog dreams about eating human guts. But, but he's cool. What's happening to me? And the dog becomes a homicidal maniac. It was... Typical Stephen King for me, you know. There's no, there's no gradual anything. It's just, it starts at an eight point five, <laughs> and then he's like, I'm flooring it. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it may be the worst Stephen King book I've read. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, what's that worse? I've read. Okay, that. Well, that let's I've say that read. we've read on the podcast. What podcast. am I forgetting? Okay. We've done a bunch. It's hard to remember them at this point. Okay, so I'm going to say this, even though Misery was a lot better than this, it actually most resembles Misery because 
It's not super long. Because you were miserable. And it's not all like <laughs> super natural. Because, yeah. <laughs> it's not all supernatural. Because like in most of the other books we've read, it's yeah. been like all this like ghosts and like, you know, the haunting of the blah, 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 and the haunted place and the haunted... With this, it didn't have any supernatural shit. It was just like misery. It was just kind of like, oh, there was one. There's like the dog gets rabies. That is literally the entire plot synopsis you need. Yeah. And in misery, it's like, oh, he was stuck in one room. It's almost a. Whereas, but misery is definitely a lot better. This is the most similar. I could see that. Yeah, totally. Whereas, like, would it still a highly downloaded episode from us? It was an interdimensional. Uh, clown demon. That's pretty normal, right? Who liked watching sewer gangbangs? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, who doesn't? But yeah, what was worse than this? We've done oh, it. We've done two I'm, dark towers. I'm looking we've done up the misery. Books of his I've read. We did the much much newer one, the uh, Lizzie's story. Lizzie's story. Lizzie's yeah, story. which was shitty, but it wasn't shittier than this. I thought Lizzie's story was pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought that was fine. It uh, was oh, okay. In, I read Cell. Cell wasn't very good, but I don't know if it was worse than that one. Yeah, this this might be the worst. We did Salem's Lot. We did Pet Cemetery. Okay, Salem's Lot and Salem's Lot was really bad. So like (laughs) that's on this level. But at least Salem's Lot had an overall thing going on that for most of the book that more of the book that mattered than this. Salem's Lot was better than this. Or, let me rephrase, Salem's Lot was less bad than this. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? Just, we just said Salem's Lot and... Uh, uh, Pet, Pet Cemetery. Oh, Pet Cemetery was... I thought this was most similar to Pet Cemetery in terms of it being an incredibly slow burn where you're like, oh my God, none of this matters. We're just setting up one thing at the end of the book. Because in was it in Cujo, the last quarter of the book is the dog being crazy and eating people. That might be the last half, but like half of that half is not Cujo. Whereas that's similar to Pet Cemetery, where the last 25-30% is people going like uh, uh yeah, we gotta get back to that town because <laughs> some weird shit's happening there. And and it was, I still I still laugh thinking about the evil spirits and their only power was to make the lady's car break down, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the old man take a nap. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are always ghosts of limited usefulness. That's a great. That is a great beer name. Um, That's definitely like a Neil Gaiman short story. Oh, absolutely. That is a 100% Neil Gaiman kind of story. They solve not crimes, but like misunderstandings. <laughs> oh, you put the laundry over there? Okay. That's like, what it was. They're unpoltergeist. So who should read this book? Dogs. No one. Dogs can't read. <laughs> well, then I guess nobody. Yeah. I, mean, I do like Stephen King, and I didn't hate it hate this that much i just hated how much of it was worthless i liked the dog part and i thought that the ending was actually pretty good but i was like oh fuck killing off the kids a ballsy move he did it in pet cemetery yeah he kills kids all the time steve that's your words hey he brought uh, that kid back though for a bit and, <laughs> and then they killed it again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he double killed that kid <laughs> so stephen king 
comes up with a premise for a plot, and then he's like, okay, chapter one. of cocaine. Bring in yeah. cocaine. Yeah, I'm ready now. So, I, so his, his, his I writing seven process. Seven ribbons of ink. His writing process, coke. cocaine or no cocaine, is still not to have a plan. It is just to have a concept and then start with chapter one and then see where it goes. Which plenty of writers do. That's not like weird for writers to do, but it's so clear that he had no idea what was going to happen. He had no idea how he was going to do this. He hadn't and done the where it was going to go. But also because he was on so much cocaine, <laughs> he is just like next chapter is going to be about the ad agency where kids shit blood, and then. <laughs> <laughs> And then that'll be that'll be chapter five, and then chapter six. Maybe we'll get to the dog. I don't know. He doesn't even think about what is going to be chapter six when he's writing Dude, chapter five. The first like forty percent of the book, there was no dog. There would just be chapters like, and this guy beat his wife, and he was an asshole, and he would go hunting at the moose lodge. And he would come back with deer, and he would say, "Honey, there's none for you." And you're like, "What does this matter?" And then it would just go to one paragraph at the end, and the dog lay there watching, and then the mailman farted, (laughs) (laughs) thinking, "He's not the good boy. I'm the good boy." (laughs) And then you go, "What the fuck is that?" And then it would just move on. Like he just, it was no dog for literally. 80% 80% of the book. Stephen King was also kind of like the first superstar writer or like the big super mega hit writer. I mean, not first, but we like, did. He literally just did Agatha Christie. <laughs> yeah, we did. But what I mean, but she just sold, she wrote like a million books and sold a good number of each of them. But that was earlier, like starting around the 1970s, 1980s is when like the book publishing industry went to instead of all instead of like a when publishers were looking for a, a few i mean maybe like a good number of like authors who would write a medium who would write something that would get a medium number of book sales they were trying to go all in on one guy who could do who would do be like a mega star and sell millions of copies and this is really when the transition was happening and stephen king was really the first one who did that and so Stephen King, by this point, even in 1981, was like selling way more books than anyone had ever sold before. And so, uh, and so he's doing also doing more cocaine than anyone had ever done before. <laughs> but <laughs> records no always. editor. But with terms of the writing, no editor editors were like he. This shit is gold. He's writing more books on cocaine. So well, let him keep fair, doing it. They were also railing cocaine <laughs> that is true <laughs> but it was but, but it was basically the business that was every business yeah, finance it was the 80s so uh so what my point is he had been become he was selling so many books that they're just like let him write whatever he wants and no editor is going to be like no you should take that out because clearly audience wanted audience wanted it because they were buying all of his other fucking books so let him write what he wants. And if we make him edit and rewrite this book, that means he'll publish fewer books. And we want to get we want to like shove this shit out the door and print money. 
and then make him write another one in, in, in seven months so that he can, we can sell that one too and sell 8 million copies in the first year or whatever. So really the fault is the editors is the fault of like a fault of nobody being, nobody telling him you don't need all this. Like this book would have been 50 pages. It if it was really like, story. if he was like the concept is a dog gets rabies and a, Ford Pinto that breaks down with a with a woman and a and a child in it. It's fifty pages. That's it. That's the book. But, but no you know one. What? He had to support an entire army of of narco people in South America <laughs> with his drug habit. He had to prop up the entirety of the Sandinistas to make sure that his supply was <laughs> like not his, interrupted. It, all, like all his earnings went directly to Pablo Escobar. <laughs> and he, Pablo Escobar only had one client. It was just Stephen King. <laughs> and, every, and Stephen King was kind of like, I need more, damn it. Moss. <laughs> Stephen, no Moss. <laughs> I will tell you when I have had enough moss. That's not even what that means. But yeah, I I, I think you're right, Nate. Like nobody was ever going to say, "Dude, make one better book." When you could, when you could have made two or three mediocre books, and it's like anything else with celebrity. Once you have your name, that's the most powerful and important part. It's the network effect. Are you, you're just famous for being famous. And then people are like, oh, it must be so good. We're working on it here. I get it. Yes. Yeah, Our someday. network is in tens of people. Tens. So, tens. <laughs> but should anyone read this book now? No. As a no. fan of Stephen Definitely King. Not. No. Is there a worse one we've done? I still say no. That we've done? Probably not, no. But Christmas is coming. We could do <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying that. Like, oh, punishment books? We could do that one that he didn't finish Uh, The one that was like the online one 20 years ago That he didn't publish Oh, I vaguely remember this But no, I don't know what it is And he was like, yeah, no one subscribed to it Fuck him, I'm not finishing that book And he moved on (laughs) But yeah, Cujo is dog shit I I have not seen the movie (laughs) And I'm not gonna watch it But uh Tell us what you thought Send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub At gmail.com Or follow us on Twitter At DrunkGuysBC Or go to Facebook and Instagram At DrunkGuysBookClub And if you want to support the podcast Just take your money Put it in an envelope Put it in the mail to us Fart on it (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what we want That's that's how we really get paid (laughs) And join us on Goodreads Where we don't read anymore we just rate different ford pintos all one star five for explosions and check out the hopped up network a network of independent beer podcasters and thanks for listening